0: Production funding for Ruckus has been provided by gifts from Dave and Jamie Cummings, the Fred and Lou Hartwig family, Peter and Barbara Gattermeyer, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize, and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees. And by viewers like you. Thank you. Welcome
1: to Ruckus, our weekly food for thought fight over the news of the day and the trends of the times. I'm Mike Shannon. The Rockets join me shortly and our topics this week, count on counties for consistent controversy, a ruckus caucus debate in Kansas, and the lingering debate over guns and violence in Kansas City and throughout America, plus, of course, roast and toast. But we start with our newsmaker segment and talk with Eric Rogers of Bike Walk KC. Last week's panel weighed in on the idea of adding bike lanes to Kansas City streets, and there did not seem to be strong support. Of course, there are many people who do like the concept of bike lanes and see them as a beneficial addition to Kansas City. And certainly, Eric Rogers, executive director of Bike Walk KC, is one of them, and he will now tell us why, I hope. Mr. Rogers? how's your neighborhood mr rogers it's great (laughs) eric welcome to ruckus thanks for coming in thank you for having me if someone knows nothing about your organization bike walk kc what can you tell them in a few seconds that would describe it
2: we are a local small nonprofit that works to make it safer and more comfortable and easier to get around the city and however you want to whether it's walking biking using public transit Uh, we work in dozens of elementary schools across the region to educate kids uh, we work with public policy makers in local city halls and we do a variety act- of activities to build community and really help redefine our streets as places for people to build a culture of active living.
1: When you say bike, is that all inclusive for two-wheeled
2: vehicles? Yes, it could be a bike, it could be a tricycle if you're an older person. Um, it, you know, we talk about scooters now, um, really anything that is a a different way of getting around.
1: And I think your organization wants the city council to adopt what is being called a master bike plan. Mm -hmm. What is the
2: essence of it? How is it described? So the bike plan uh, is really the result of a performance audit that the city auditor did a couple years ago and found that the city's entire approach to mobility issues was broken and we needed to start over. And so now we have this new plan that has been drafted and it sets out a vision of what things could look like in 30 years. It has a network of what are called low stress bike routes. So places you can bike to get from your home, say to work or the grocery store or school and have a place where you are safe, protected from cars and you feel comfortable getting there.
1: So you see bikes as something more than you use for recreational purposes.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. and it's on the increase. So we know from the census data that here in Kansas City, biking to work in particular has gone up 20% since the 90s, and it's actually gone up 130% since just 2016.
1: Do you know what that would mean in terms of people, what the number would be?
2: Oh, I was told there'd be no math here, Mike. Oh, well. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure the viewers can do math on their own. Um, but so it you is don't a know, growing you don't know of people, many- and in many parts of the community, it's it's a very large segment so there are parts of downtown the west side historic northeast and the east side where it could be up to ten or fifteen percent of people are walking and biking and these are especially neighborhoods where um... more than half of households may not have access to a car so we're talking about very vulnerable populations who really have no other way to get to work or school than walking biking or transit and so those are really the folks that we try to focus on and support
1: well there are some news reports that say the cost of the master plan would be Mm -hmm. 400 million dollars to implement you've pushed back on that i think Absolutely. let me quote from your website the estimated cost of the plan ranges from 387 million to 418 million but this price tag must be placed in the proper context. What is the proper context? Yeah.
2: So the bike plan actually provided a range of prices um, from somewhere around $150 million up to $400 million. And that price was really only if we would go out and overnight rebuild all of the streets from the ground up to add in bike lanes and of course we're never going to do that. Um, We can see from a lot of other cities, places around us like St. Louis, Omaha, Wichita, where they do it much more, much less expensively by doing things like incorporating bike lanes when you do the normal repaving of a street. And so the the actual price we see around the country is much, much lower.
1: And if somebody wants to know more about the plan and about your organization, you have a website? Yeah, our website is bikewalkkc.org. And and one final quick question. Uh, I know a lot of the focus is on Kansas City, Missouri, but what about other parts of the metro
2: area? Other parts of the metro area are really embracing alternative transportation uh, for the health benefits, especially economic benefits. Uh, We know that folks that arrive at a business walking or biking are likely to visit more often, spend more money. Um, A lot of places around the country that put in bike lanes see business sales tax receipts go up. So a city like Overland Park is really probably at the forefront in our region. They're adding something like 20 or 30 miles of bike routes every year. So your group is Metro-wide. We are Metro-wide. We work in elementary schools on both sides of the state line. We work in city halls all over the region.
1: All right, thanks very much for coming in. Sorry about the math question. Uh, We'll we'll exclude that that next time. All right, Thank you so much. Thank you. That is Eric Rogers. He is Executive Director of Bike Walk KC. Now let's meet the panel and start a ruckus. Alana Ratley is a former Kansas GOP official and now Executive Director of the 19th Amendment Centennial. Arthur Benson is a longtime and prominent Kansas City attorney. Teresa Garza is a former Jackson County legislator. And Ron Freeman is a motivational speaker and writer. Welcome to all of you. Thanks very much for coming in. A lot to talk about today. Generally, we don't hear a lot of news about Clay County's government. But in the last few months, we have, and the news is not good. An apparent political battle between two of the three county commissioners and the sheriff has resulted in the commission cutting $1 million from the sheriff's budget. The cuts have caused serious problems affecting jailhouse food and health care. A judge ordered the money restored, but two of the commissioners appealed the judgment. Earlier in the year, the state began an audit of the county's finances, the result of a petition campaign signed by 9,000 Clay County residents. Uh, Clay is not the only county with a controversial government. Think of Jackson County, for example. But let's start with this. Is there something unique about county governments that leads to controversy? And you were part of the Jackson County Legislature once, Teresa. So what is your answer to that?
3: Thank you for pointing that out. My, um, my pleasure. <laughs> I think that county governments tend to kind of fly under the radar. They, they work in the dark. A lot of, Not a lot of people pay attention to them because they don't really know what they do. And although there's a lot that they actually handle, such as um, all of the property tax assessments and things like that, those important things, especially what have been in the news lately they also um, Jackson County particularly has one of the largest county park systems in, in the nation they're like in the top five so there's a lot that actually they oversee including the court systems here in Jackson County for the circuit courts um, but people just don't realize that so they t- tend to fly under the radar um, and nobody really pays much attention
1: do we see these same problems
4: in other metro counties beyond Jackson and clay Oh, I think, well I think you see the problems but they get highlighted when something controversial happens And so a lot of the counties, you you see Johnson County, Missouri, or Platt County, they don't get in the news because nothing's really significant going on right there. But when you get somebody where typically somebody gets petty, and uh, and we've seen that in Jackson County, now it's going on in Clay, you see these wars escalate and stuff comes to the surface. You
1: mentioned the property tax problem in Jackson County. And, Art, uh, that is a serious problem. A lot of people believe they have been overtaxed, or at least the estimates are far beyond what they should be thousands of people have appealed and thus far it appears the county has no
0: solution no but the courts will um... Uh, 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 there are a number of plaintiffs that are ready to file a lawsuit but they cannot file until they've exhausted their administrative remedies which means appealing through the mm-hmm. board of adjustment for the county and then uh, appealing to the state tax commission uh, the timing of those appeals may mean that erroneous tax bills will be sent out on the erroneous assessments Mm -hmm. by the end of this year. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, There is some hope that the Tax Commission can start churning out some uh, exhaustion plaintiffs and a lawsuit can be filed in early December and maybe a preliminary injunction will prevent the mistaxation of Jackson Countyans.
1: Alana, I wonder, uh, are there too many overlapping functions between city and county governments? What? seems like they do a lot of the same things
5: you know they do overlap but it kind of is it's specific to different counties and cities so for instance you're talking about the parks and recreation I see a lot of overlap with that just you know in the county where I am my children participate in these kinds of parks and the activities that are done and there seem to be quite a bit of overlap there um, I also think, you know, the problems that we have with property assessments and that kind of thing, definitely, those are not unique to particular counties. We have had a lot of people upset in Johnson County on the Kansas side for the same reason, and they're saying they're just getting these assessments because they want increased um, tax revenue.
1: What does this yeah. Clay County dispute, the state audit by state auditor Nicole Galloway, do for her gubernatorial campaign? Doesn't hurt, does it?
3: It doesn't hurt. Um at all but at the same time it it, I think it more draws attention to Clay County and what's going on there and then the voters and how they're going to look at that and what that carries over into any upcoming elections for anyone um, and what the result is with how she alleviates that issue
1: ironically before this program began and after I prepared the material to talk about the counties (laughs) and sent to you there's been another county controversy (laughs) in Jackson County and it's the combat program Teresa Yes. (laughs) yes <laughs> uh, anti-drug anti-crime program millions of dollars apparently misspent right.
3: right people don't like the combat tax basically is a tax that um, right. is placed in Jackson County that provides for four different mechanisms of funding it's prosecution rehabilitation treatment and then law enforcement and then that money gets divvied out based on you know the different people the different organizations that request grant funding and so there's actually a commission a, a that oversees those grant requests and then they make the recommendations. But the
1: audit of that shows (laughs) millions of dollars have have been been misspent and nothing will be done about it.
3: Right. And so I think it goes back to uh, processes and procedures, checks and balances, what does that look like, Um, how do they make sure that they're following those processes and procedures, um, that they're not... um,
1: Breaking the law. Breaking the Uh, law,
3: going around, finding loopholes, and figuring out how that funding is handled. Quick
1: final question Do you think these controversies in county governments might be minimized if there were more news coverage of
0: them?
5: You know, the way the news coverage is done today, I think it would just exacerbate it. I think, honestly, when you when you put those things out there, it just gets people riled up and they get baited. And so I think it would almost be worse if it was covered more. I mean, I definitely think it should be mentioned. But um, also mention the good things we're doing, too, so it's not always such a blow up in, uh, in the face of them. Well,
1: I hope the Clay County prisoners are getting fed, fed. and getting their <laughs> <Yeah>. health care. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of shocking but, that that yes. uh, is being ignored. Some news organizations are shocked, shocked, that the Kansas GOP will not hold a presidential caucus in 2020. Party officials apparently believe there is no need a Republican is president, and he's running for re-election. And there's every reason to think that Donald J. Trump will be re-dominated by the Republican Party, even if the Democrats ultimately begin impeachment proceedings. Not just some news organizations are irritated, so are the other three announced GOP presidential candidates, Bill Weld, Joe Walsh, and Mark Sanford. Kansas City Starr says the party's decision not to hold a caucus is more evidence that the GOP considers voters irrelevant. So Alana as a Kansas Republican, how do you respond to that <laughs> criticism?
5: Well, I think there's a lot of misinformation going around. First of all, the Kansas Republican Party has does not hold a caucus for an elected Republican incumbent president. There just isn't a caucus for it. So we're not going to give special treatment to this particular president good or bad because because other people think we should and they want a different selection. You know, and I also don't think that people realize that the way we select these people, we do it at a convention and those are people selected to go to the national convention to vote there.
1: You've done that, have you not? I
5: have, I have. And so, you know, again, I think it's misinformation. Kansas does not hold a caucus for an elected Republican incumbent president. It just doesn't happen. But the
1: Democrats held one in 2012, did they not, uh, for Obama, even though Obama was president?
5: You know, that's their choice. It's a a
1: decision of the party, not the state government. And if we
5: are more concerned about having, you know, going off of what's been historical precedents, we're not looking to give special treatment to anyone. And then also, you know, this in in 2012, they did that. But if we were to do that again now, it would cost the party over $250,000 that we'd rather spend on all of our candidates. And really, the manpower and the volunteer hours are exceptional. We spent so much time on this in 2016. It's very taxing to the party. And, you know, we really want people to be out there promoting our candidates and giving good information to them.
1: Art, I know you're deeply concerned about GOP (laughs) politics.
3: (laughs) But uh, do you think that
1: Weld, Walsh and (laughs) Sanford are justified in their criticism of Kansas Republicans?
0: Oh, I don't really have a pony in that race. Uh, The GOP can do whatever they want. uh, The way our uh, democratic system works is that these are party nominations, not the state of Kansas and not the state of Missouri. And so if the GOP wants to do it and call down criticism or praise on itself, that's for the GOP to decide.
1: How about you? Do you think these these three who uh, really have no chance to win the nomination, I suspect, do you think they're justified, though, in being irritated?
0: No, I mean, I,
3: I agree in the sense that it is the party's choice, and the party gets to determine how they move forward when it comes to these presidential elections and these caucuses. So if that's their choice, if that's the decision that they're making, then they have the right to do that.
1: Ron, do you have any doubt that Trump
4: is going to be renominated by the Republican Party? Oh, he absolutely will be. I mean, 80, especially in Kansas, 80 and 90 percent approval rating in Kansas, <clears throat> and you're also looking at a state that 92, 96, 04 in 2012 didn't hold uh, a caucus. So it's not like it's this is. <clears throat> excuse me, it's new. The media, on the other hand, they disc- they have debates and don't allow some people to have a platform. And is that wrong? Uh, but I mean, it's, same, it's the same basic thing, except you're doing with the rules of a party instead of the rules of the media. So, speaking of debates
1: on television, uh, Teresa, did you happen to see the Democratic debate last week? The three-hour spectacular. I watched parts <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, what was your assessment?
3: Um. I mean, obviously, and I think we're going to get into this, gun control is going to be a big issue. Um, I think every single candidate had something to well, talk from, about on uh, that.
1: Let me, let, me it, let me phrase it this I way. I have my favorites. I perfor- have my non favorite From a performance standpoint, <laughs> who do you think prevailed in the Democratic debate?
3: Uh, I will say that um, I think a lot of people were a little disappointed in... Um, Castro's performance and his attacks um, towards Biden I, they, I think if a lot of people felt that they were uncalled for or unnecessary
1: um, he suggested that he'd lost his mind uh, he, he had no <laughs> recollection of something he said two minutes before
3: which is <laughs> uh, that might be true, might be true. <laughs> 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 but um, I think for the most part um, I think we're still a long ways off and I think there's still some candidates that are that are still ahead in certain areas and some that that um, Probably shouldn't be up there. <laughs> A lot of, from
1: your perspective in the Republican Party, and I know you don't particularly follow Democratic politics, I suspect, but do you think Biden is likely to be the nominee?
5: YOU KNOW I HAVE PICKED BIDEN FROM THE BEGINNING TO TELL YOU THE TRUTH AND um, THE REASON WHY I BELIEVE THAT'S REALLY THE BEST CHANCE FOR DEMOCRATS TO WIN THERE'S STILL A LOT OF MODERATE PEOPLE ON BOTH SIDES THAT, that DON'T LIKE TRUMP EVEN ON THE REPUBLICAN SIDE BUT um, THERE'S STILL A LOT OF MODERATES THAT WOULD FEEL COMFORTABLE VOTING FOR A BIDEN BUT THEY WOULD NEVER VOTE FOR A FAR LEFT EXTREMIST AND THAT'S HONESTLY MORE THAN I MEAN THERE MIGHT BE ONE OR TWO WHO ARE NOT FAR left extremists.
1: That but they're not getting a lot of not traction getting a lot of traction. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth right. Warren no. seems to be rising in, in some of the polls, getting very close to Biden. All right, if you learn nothing else about the Democratic Party strategy in the 2020 elections by watching last week's debate, as Teresa did, you would know this. Gun issues will be a major part of the drive to win the White House. Hold let me read this and not not hold the Senate. I have to take back the Senate and hold the House of Representatives. Written incorrectly, probably by me. The Kansas City area is well aware of gun issues and gun violence. Just last week, five homicides in a 24-hour span. Two 13-year-old Johnson County middle schoolers now face charges after taking guns to school. The gun issue is both local and national in scope. Let's start locally. What can the Kansas City, Missouri City Council do, if anything? to stop gun violence and the increasing rate of homicides. We'll start with Art and then go over to Ron.
0: Uh, first, a little constitutional context. When uh, Justice Scalia wrote the Heller opinion that essentially essentially, kind of opened up this <clears throat> Second Amendment issue... Uh, that's the decision that says gun rights... Are individual, individual yes. issues. Um, he wrote that this was done for defense of the, by the individual and that nothing in this opinion restricts reasonable regulation of the uh, purchase and possession of guns. And since then, the Supreme Court has not once struck down any regulation of the purchase or uh, possession of guns. And so Kansas City can, if the Missouri legislature would allow them to, uh, prohibit the open display of guns or the carrying of guns or the possession of guns by persons under the age of 18. There's a, a fairly a wide uh, array of uh, measures. But, but the that,
1: key point is Kansas City, Missouri, can't do that on its
0: own. They, it has to have approval from the state of Missouri, right? Um, I don't think so now. I think Missouri, I think Jackson County, or Kansas City could adopt ordinances but I think well for years like James said
1: they couldn't well they had to
0: take state action I think within a blink the state would shut them down yes yeah
3: I think that typically the county or the city if they are a charter city or charter county have the ability to adopt the same as or stricter than what is at the state but they can't adopt less than what is already in place at the state
1: well, there were a couple of ordinances <clears throat> passed by the city council a few weeks ago, but they dealt with right. teenagers, I think, and Correct. the ability of police to go in and seize weapons from teenagers. Well, Art... Uh, uh, Ron, oh, you're Ron. You're a work of art. You, you you're so a work you of art, no out. doubt about it. Yeah. Let me let me ask the
4: same question to you. Walmart, what if anything can the Kansas, Kansas City Council <laughs>
1: do about gun violence and homicide? Yeah. Well,
4: I think that's where the challenge is. It's, you've got a, an issue that everybody wants it to stop. We don't want to see people being shot. <clears throat> we don't want kids at school worrying about guns. We don't. But at the end of the day, there there's a proliferation of guns on our streets. It's it's so. Uh, incredible that what, what are you going to do you can pass a law right now we have a law you can't shoot someone it's illegal but they, they do it uh, I work with young kids 17 18 years old if I, I asked them, I said if I ask you to get a gun uh, by Friday could you do it he goes oh yeah no problem mm-hmm. how do you curb that what laws are being promoted. And, I mean, Beto's going to come out and he's going to take everybody AR-15 and AR-47. That would be an interesting... Well, well, let me ask you about that, Alana. Uh, And First In this all, debate you, last say week...
5: When you Beto, you
4: really mean Robert... Thank you for
1: de- correcting that. that. Yes. <laughs> During the Democratic <laughs> debate, uh, he said, hell yes, we'll take away your AR-15s and AK-47s. And it seems to me that's something Republicans have said for years. Democrats just want to take your guns. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but doesn't that statement by O'Rourke give Republicans reason to run that quote in their campaign commercials? I I mean, mean, of
5: course it is. He's done
1: a favor for Republicans, hasn't he? He
5: does that pretty often, actually. (laughs) Um, I would like to say, though, until we realize the real problem in gun violence, it's never, it's going to continue to happen. If you look at the last, um, The mass shootings, the 27 worst mass shootings in our history, 26 of those had fatherless homes. So until we look at what the real problem is, these things aren't going to change. You look at Europe, they have strict gun laws. They use knives. They have a high, high, high murder rate. So they'll just use another thing, whether they're bombs, whether they're, you know, whatever it is. But you can't yeah. kill
0: 50 people at a country western with, right, concert with a knife. And as a nation, we have taken away machine guns. You can't buy a machine gun. As a nation, we took away AR-15s or semi-automatics, and it worked. The, the, the statistics Tell of the, the number of mass shootings during that 10-year period when you could not put, uh, own or possess an AR-15. What Beto O'Rourke did is he moved For the instance. window of For acceptable, acceptable discussion uh, about restricting guns, and it's going to get there. Uh, a majority of Republicans, 51%, favor uh, restricting the possession of, air, of semi-automatics, and 80% of Democrats. I've got to restrict
1: any it, further conversation. It's going Now, to happen. Time, now <laughs> it is time. This may happen. Uh, roast and toast, where the ruckheads have 30 seconds each to
0: achieve, deceive, or leave. <laughs> and we start with Art. Uh, Greta quickly, Thunberg, Greta Thunberg uh, and to all young people her age who whose lives literally hang in the balance. If you're under 50 years of age now, you are very likely to see population destabilization worldwide because we have put as much carbon, atmospheric carbon, into the air um, in the last 30 years as we had in the preceding 200, and the the world's. Um, um, uh, stability and its ability to promote life hangs in the balance.
4: Well, Ron, you and I won't have to worry. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. No, I think I'm going to roast Francis uh, O'Rourke and his uh, declaration because it's just to, it's really playing to an emotional string and it's stirring up a lot of stuff that's never going to be resolved because we haven't dealt with the root of it, which is a moral factor. We have machine guns in the 60s and the 50s, and no school shootings. Running uh, short sure on time. It's people, a lot of
5: um I would like to roast uh, the Democrat media for giving the information they did on the recent Kansas caucus. Um, I think when you throw things out there without explaining what it is, it really causes a controversy and it causes more fighting that we just don't need.
1: Gives us something to talk about on Ruckus. Uh, (laughs) Teresa,
5: quickly. Yes, I want
3: to toast um, a new organization, KC Common Good and the Dunn family, specifically Terry and Peggy, (laughs) for taking on the challenge of working to reduce violence, among other issues, and also um, kudos to my friend Classy Alcine for being named president of the organization.
1: All right, and finally, here is a toast to the Renaissance Festival in Bonner Springs weekends through Columbus Day. I went a couple of weekends ago and I had my palms read. The palm reader said, My palms revealed intelligence, talent, energy, leadership, and tremendous potential. Now, what did I do when she told me all that? Well, I gave her a hand. Oh, my goodness. What? And that is Ruckus for this week. We're back next Thursday at 7. Now, for the Ruckus and the crew, I'm Mike Shannon saying thanks for watching and good night.